Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. Luke chapter 23, verse 32. Two others, both criminals, Can I just have keys? Is that all right? We're both led out to be crucified with him. Who's him? It's Jesus. When they came to the place, the skull, they nailed Jesus to the cross. And the criminals were also crucified. One on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, Forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Even as Jesus was being murdered for doing nothing wrong, he still extends grace. What a beautiful picture of the mercy of God. Verse 39. One of the criminals beside him scoffed so you're the messiah are you prove it save yourself and us too but the other criminal said don't you fear god even when you've been sentenced to die we deserve to die for we're criminals this man has done nothing wrong then he said to jesus remember me when you go into your kingdom Jesus replied, I assure you today, you'll be with me in paradise. I want you to ask yourself, what did this criminal do to deserve such a beautiful blessing from Jesus? I mean, have you ever thought about him? I know we don't talk about the criminal on the cross a lot during Easter. We're here to celebrate Jesus and the resurrected one. But have you ever thought about him? He was a criminal. He was being crucified. He was being executed. He must have done something terrible. I don't know what it was, but he must have been a terrible person. He deserved to die that day. He was a sinner. He was was messed up. But have you ever thought about this for a second? He never prayed a sinner's prayer. (laughs) He was never baptized. He never went to a Bible study. (laughs) He never was in a worship service. He never made a church home his home. He was never a member of a church. (laughs) He never repaid any of his debts. He never went on some apology tour to let everybody know how, how sorry he was. But yet that man, that man... That criminal is in heaven today. Come on. And I was thinking about that the other night. Real late. It was like 2 o'clock in the morning. I was just thinking about the criminal. And I was thinking, how? How did he make it? And I just felt the nudge of the Holy Spirit. He started reminding me of other people. Like the woman at the well. 
that Jesus found. John 4, verse 15, please, sir, the woman said, give me this water so I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here and get this water. Jesus said, go and get your husband. Verse 17, I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right, you don't have a husband, for you've had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man that you're living with now. And we know the story, Jesus extends grace to her. She goes back to her town telling everybody about who Jesus is and this wonderful man that she met. But did you notice in the Bible that she never apologized? She never groveled at the feet of Jesus. She literally did nothing to deserve grace. How about the paralyzed man? Luke chapter five, verse 18. Some men carried a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. Came and they tried to take him inside to see Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went to the roof and they took off some tiles and they lowered the sick man on the mat right into the crowd, right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, young man, this is huge. It says, young man, your sins are forgiven. Now, I don't want to be insensitive right here, okay? But let me ask this. How? He was paralyzed. Remember, he came on a mat. He can't take care of himself. He can't do anything. All of his friends are helping this man. He's a paralyzed man. What good works could he have done to receive this? Right? Because we all think that it's our good works. We all think that it's what we do. It's all, it's all about us. And what good works did he do? What, what change did he bring to the world that he would deserve that Jesus would forgive all of his sins? What did he do? How about the woman called in adultery? She, she certainly does not receive grace, right? She is caught in the act, sleeping with another man, dividing a family and children, bringing pain to family and to friends and to a community. Yet in John chapter 8, we see Jesus show up. As he was speaking, the teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery, and they put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said, this woman was caught. This wasn't hearsay. This wasn't gossip. She was caught in the act of adultery. It says the law of Moses says to stone her, to kill her, right? But what do you say? Verse 7, they kept demanding an answer, so he stood up and he said, all right, I'll give you one. Let the first one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Verse 9, when the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, only until Jesus was left in the middle with the woman. Verse 10, Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. How though, right? I mean, come on. I, I know we're excited when we hear the good news, but how? 
How when she was caught in the middle? How did she receive this grace? How did she receive this mercy? How about like people like Zacchaeus, right? They said this wee little man in, in the tree trying to get a little snapshot of Jesus. I don't think of him as a wee little man. I think of him as a wee little gangster, okay? Right, because that's who he was. If you really get down to it, how about Matthew, right? Matthew, the tax collector, the one that is stealing from his own people. Yet Jesus decides, I need to have dinner at Zacchaeus' house. It said with notorious sinners, notorious gangsters. Jesus goes, I want to spend my night with them. Matthew, the one that's stealing, Jesus says, come close to me. You'll be one of my 12. And I could go on and on and on with stories of people who were caught in the worst moments of their life, but yet they received grace from Jesus. But I want to come back to that question, how? How? Let me tell you the answer. Because it was never about them. It was never about what they could do. We think we can bring all this good things to Jesus. He goes, you got nothing for me. We think it's all about us changing. We think it's, about, it's all about us and, and coming to church and, you know, our good attendance at church. And Listen, I, I need you to see this. It was and it still is all about Jesus and all about what Jesus did on the cross. That's what it's all about. Let me show you what Jesus did. Luke 22, verse 42. Father, if you're willing, please take this cup of suffering from me. Yet I want to do your will to be done and not mine. You know, Jesus, this is, I love this moment. This is like one of my favorite passages in the Bible. Because you see Jesus with humanity on him. He knows what he's about to face. He knows that he's going to be beaten. He knows that his beard's going to be pulled out. He knows that he's going to be whipped. He knows that he's going to be crucified. He knows what he's about to face. And he's literally asking his father, is there any other way? There's got to be another way. I know you sent me here, and I know I've been preparing, and I know that it's all been leading to this one moment. But God, is there any other way to do this? Yeah, he still goes, I'll make the ultimate sacrifice. So you don't have to. I don't have to. It should be us on the cross. It should be us being paying for our sins, our mistakes, our failures. But instead it was Jesus. How about Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15? This high priest. Who's this high priest? It's Jesus. Our high priest understands our weaknesses. For he faced them all. The same testing we do. Yet he did not sin. King Jesus comes down from heaven, puts on humanity, goes through the same tests, trials, 
pressures, stress that we go through, understands our weaknesses, understands what we face, but yet he still doesn't sin. How about 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21? For our sake. I love that. For our sake. Not for his sake. He didn't do it for him, but he did it for us here today. He did it for humanity. He did it for all of us. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that we might be the righteousness of God. Jesus became, I want you, I need you to get a picture of this, okay? He became, he was made your darkest, most perverted, twisted, selfish sin. Jesus took it all. He became it. So that you could be made right. So that you could be forgiven so that you could have right standing before a righteous God. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. He personally carried our sins in his body. What a beautiful picture. So that you could be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. He was beaten. I don't know if you've ever been in a fight before, but I've seen some pretty bloody fights before. And the Bible says that he was beaten to the place that you couldn't recognize him. It was like a Rocky movie, you know what I mean? He was whipped. When I was in school growing up, we used to take towels and we would like, Anybody know what I'm talking about? That hurt enough, I'm just going to say. But he was whipped, not with just a whip, but a whip that had bone and glass so that it would tear into his flesh and rip it off his body. They put a crown of thorns on his head. I lived on a farm growing up and we would run through the woods in the summertime and every once in a while you'd run and you would hit a patch of of a thorn bush and just be like oh my gosh but they took these long thorns and they made a crown and they beat it into his skull and then they nailed him to a cross why 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 did he do this why did he go through this so that you could be healed so that you could be healed, mind, body, soul, and spirit, that the whole self of you would be healed by his glory, by what he accomplished, what he did on the cross. Romans 8, 1, therefore, there is no condemnation, no guilty verdict, no punishment for those who are in Christ, who believe in him as a personal Lord and Savior. He took all your guilt, he took all your shame, and then what did he do? He took your punishment. He took your punishment. We should be punished. We're the ones that should be punished. But he said, I'll take it. I'll receive it. I'll receive it into my body. I'll put an end to it. Revelation chapter 1, verse 17. 
Do not be afraid. This is Jesus. He said, I am the first and I am the last. I am the living one, living beyond all time and all space. I died, but see, I am alive forevermore, he says. Come on. And then this is the best part. I have the keys to absolute control and victory over death, hell, and the dead. (laughs) See, when Jesus died, he took your place in hell. People ask me all the time, where did Jesus go during those three days? He went to hell, he took your place, but then he overcame hell, defeated hell, took back the keys to death, hell, and the grave, and he rose victoriously back again. Luke 24, verse 2. Arriving at the tomb, they discovered a huge stone covering the entrance had been rolled aside. (laughs) So they went in to look. What I'm about to read, this is what our whole, this is what our whole theology is based around. What I'm about to read, if it didn't exist, if it didn't happen, there's no reason for us to be here today. But it says this, but the tomb was empty. The body of Jesus was gone. They stood there, stunned and perplexed. Suddenly two men appeared, two angels appeared. Terrified, the woman fell to the ground. And the men in white standing there said to them, Why do you look for the living one in the tomb? For he is not here, for he has risen. He said, Did you not forget? What Jesus said in Galilee, the destiny of the Son of Man was to be handed over to sinful men, to be nailed to the cross. But on the third, to rise again victoriously. Why don't you put up that picture for me? Anybody watch The Chosen? Yeah? I love this little snapshot of Jesus. And I know he's not Jesus. I I get this, okay? Don't email me later, okay? All right? All right? I'm not going to get into some conversation with you about that. But I think God has graced him for this role. And I love this picture because Jesus is smiling. And if you grew up in church like I did, I did not think of Jesus this way. I thought he was angry, frustrated, disappointed in me and all of my sin and all of my mistakes and all of my troubles and all the things that I got into. And I love this picture because you can see his eyes are attentively looking with grace and mercy so I want you to close your eyes with me this morning and I want you to get that picture of Jesus that he's smiling that he's happy that he's pleased with you 
And it has nothing to do with what you've done. It has nothing to do with your good deeds. It has nothing to do with what you've done for him. It has nothing to do with how many church services you've gone to or how many prayer nights you've been a part of or how many worship services you've been. He looks at you and he's pleased. And I want you to hear Jesus say this to you. I did it for you. I died for you. I want you to hear Jesus saying, I love you more than you could ever know or understand. And the Lord is saying, all I need you to do is let me into your life. I'll do the rest. I want you to hear him say this. I will change everything. It wasn't me that changed me. I was so lost in darkness. I was wrapped up in drugs and I was so lost. I didn't change me. He changed me. I want you to hear Jesus saying to you today, I will heal everything. I'll heal it. I'll heal the brokenness. I'll heal the anger. I'll heal the disappointment. I'll heal it all. I'll heal your body. I'll restore your mind. I'll heal it all. I want you to hear Jesus saying today, I'll be everything to you. I'll be your best friend. I did this all for you. You open up your eyes. I want to show you the best way I could think this through. We're going to use this can of Coke. I really want to drink it right now. But we're going to use it as uh, representing us. And um, it's dark. Because that's who we are without Jesus. Lots of mistakes, lots of selfishness, lots of pride, lots of ego, a lot of darkness, a lot of moments that you would hope and pray that nobody would find out the mistakes that you've made the evil things you've done, the evil thoughts you've had. I love what Jesus said. He said, even if you lustfully look at a woman, you've committed adultery. And it represents us. But then Jesus comes. We use these pictures as Jesus. And he comes and he says, just let me in. 
here's the truth. None of the people we talked about earlier deserved grace. None of them. They all had a bunch of failures and mistakes, but they all did one thing, just one thing, one important thing. They just allowed Jesus into their life. And when Jesus comes into our life, he comes in with his love and his grace and his mercy. And his kindness and his joy. And he comes in with his peace. And he just keeps filling us with his love and his grace and his mercy. place that he makes us clean. He makes us clean. It's not our righteousness. It's not our good deeds. It's all him. He just poured himself into us because it was always about what he did. It was never about you. It was always about him. Why don't you stand up with me? This morning. Thank you guys. With every eye closed, if you never made Jesus the Lord of your life, it's real simple. You just let him in. The Bible says we just pray a simple prayer, acknowledging that he is the King of Kings and that he is the Lord of Lords. Acknowledging that He came and he lived a perfect, sinless life, died for you, but then rose victoriously three days later. And because he rose, you're going to rise with him. Now, maybe you've never prayed that prayer. Today's your day. Today's the moment. You can feel the presence of God in here drawing you close to him. But maybe you've prayed that prayer once and your heart has wandered away and you just need a new flow of his grace and his mercy in your life. Wherever you're at today, we're gonna pray this prayer and I want you to believe and I want you to know, not because of you, but because of the grace of God, because of the mercy of God, because of Jesus, all that he did You are free, you are clean, you are whole, you are renewed in him. I want us to pray this prayer together. Say, Father, today I put my hope and my trust in Jesus alone. I make him my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for all that he did for me. I give you my life and I believe in the name of Jesus and I believe that he was crucified and he died for me but he rose victoriously and he is alive 
forevermore. And I put my hope and my trust in him alone. I praise you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.